Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 58 with my friend, Kristen. I met Kristen at Best Buy, and she was just kind of a little quirky and, and a little naive, as you'll hear her talk about her words, not mine, so I can say it. All right, that's how that works. Um, and now, uh, you know, I think we have a lot of random crap in common, and it sounds like she is doing some hilarious stuff with her friends on YouTube and other various podcasts which she will talk about at the end of the episode, and I highly recommend you guys check out. I recently watched a couple of those episodes myself after our interview and was laughing the whole time. So enjoy this interview, and when you're done, maybe you can check out some more Kristen content. But without further ado, here is Kristen. Anyway, hi. I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. I'm super excited to see you and find out about your life. And because I try not to interrupt. Hey, yeah. same here. I have like 900 beverages. Um, yeah, I have I have many. I always have like 20 beverages when I I was just like anything. riffing with myself about that, too, because other podcast hosts that I know, like, it's just a thing. You always have all the it's as if like you can't get up. Yeah. Well, you yeah. can't get up, but it, there's so I got to. I, I gotta go off on a you tangent. You have to, you have to like, you can't have weird voice things when you're yeah, podcasting. Yeah, the voice you thing, have, like, I totally so understand. Many drinks. But it, so if like your voice is scratchy, you need a different drink than if you are parched or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah I don't know. But then the you thing. have to get up and pee. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you hold it. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny because you know you drink a certain amount of beverages throughout your day, but if you're yes. like recording something for some reason in your head, you're like, oh, I'm gonna be so much extra thirsty during that period. It's, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I and literally every time before we start a recording, I'm like, I need to go make a coffee. Yeah, same. Or like, I, <laughs> I haven't. I didn't. I'm trying not to make one right now. I have a Coke Zero. It's a very so random thing to have at my house right now. Normally it's just coffee. Yeah, I have. I usually have a coffee, a sparkling water, and a non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I just... That's fair. You're not doing alcohol anymore, or it's no, just you don't I like quit podcasting. Uh, a year and seven months ago. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Hey, thanks. I um, started drinking again at that time. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... That's about when I started drinking again. <clears throat> How long did you stop for? I was breastfeeding. Oh well, yeah. and I was pregnant, okay. Fine, so it's nine months plus whatever. a year. Whatever. Um, yeah. Well, anyhow, I'm gonna stop branching off already. So this is okay. this is a preview of what the next hour is gonna be like. Um, it's tangents are my life. It's good. <laughs> but I usually start out with how I know people, and uh, like so many before you, I know you from Best Buy. But you it's were so funny. Yeah, you were one all of, the of my first podcast people. friends worked at Best Buy too. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah, we all were like, "Yes, where did you work? Where did you start working at Best Buy?" Oh, me too. <laughs> like everyone, it's all of us. That's that's what happened. All Best Buy employees moved on and started podcasts. They just start podcasts. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm in a good company there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we we met there. I, I think. Like, yeah, you're one of the first people I met because we were both working at cash registers and, and yes. the front end, if you will, and yes. customer service and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I mean, super fun working with you, but then we didn't like really do anything outside of work. No, it was because I was like 
a lot younger than I think everyone else was. Yeah. And I was very focused on school and extracurricular stuff with school and stuff. So it was like, if I was going to hang out with people, I was trying to not hang out with people from work. And that sounds mean, but also like, I just had a lot of stuff going on. So it's like, I could hang out with people from work or I could hang out with the people from, you know, one of the many clubs I was running at school. And it was like, (laughs) it's kind of hard to make decisions yeah nothing made me nothing made me feel old like leaving best buy and then no longer working with like 19 to 24 year olds i'm like oh wait a second yeah yeah Yeah. i uh i feel old and creepy at the same time all at once it's like a wave um that's good but um yes so since then and before then i mean if we can go back in time some of the basics here do you have any siblings yeah, I have uh, one sibling. She is a sister. She older, two younger. years older. older. Yeah, two years. So you're and, the you're uh, the baby of the family. Yeah, it's pretty much. Do the stereotypes if you, my, if you hear my dryer, I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. It makes a really annoying sound. Uh, yeah, the stereotypes are probably pretty fitting. <laughs> I'm yeah. youngest, so yeah, I'm I'm there with you. Did you get away with a lot of stuff that you your sister might not have gotten oh, away I, with? I'm I'm sure I'm sure I did. I feel like I just didn't cause as much problems, but that also <laughs> could just yeah. be wishful thinking. I'm not sure. I feel like I'm not much of a troublemaker in general, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I might be. <laughs> well, did you grow up in Michigan? Yeah, for most of my life, I think we, I mean, I was born in South Carolina, and then we kind of moved around, um, and then we landed in Michigan about first or kindergarten, somewhere around there. So it was a while. Do you remember (laughs) other states, or were you too young? I think I remember Ohio, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, our, I have friends Spoken who live in like Ohio. Spoken like a Michigander so like, there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have friends who live in Ohio, so it's like I got to like be nice to them. But also, like I feel bad that they live in Ohio. You guys, she is flipping off an Ohio State University flag right now on camera. It's, it's crazy. It's true. Um, it's, they all know. They know. If anyone listening to this is actually from Ohio, then I'll be – I'm sorry for many reasons. I have, I have subscribers in weird places. I yeah. have subscribers in like South Africa and Belgium nice. and Spain. And I was like, what? But they never write me. I'm always giving my email address. I'm like, tell me who you are. I'm so curious. <laughs> um, but anyway, so growing up uh, around the, the, I'm guessing the Midwest area and then coming mm-hmm. to Michigan, um, how's, how's home life growing up with your sister? Your parents still together? Yeah, we're a a pretty boring family in general. I mean, like, my sister and I didn't really get along at all until about high school. Um, We're just very different people. Yeah. Um, She's very type A, like, probably the most type A person I've ever met. Like, her, like, third or fourth grade teacher basically said she will be the first woman president. Um. And, and she wasn't like making that statement as like, a, oh, she's so smart. She was just like, if she's not, I was shocked. Like, that's just who she is. And then I'm very easygoing. Like, I'm like, school's fine. I'll do fine. You know, I'm not going to like <laughs> try and be outstanding. But then when you grow up with the person who holds the record for most books read in a year at your elementary school, like, what can you really do to, you know, beat that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Did so it feel like, like a shadow? A little bit, but it it kind of fit my personality fine anyway. Like I was more into like sports and video games and things that she didn't really like doing. Maybe that was just because she didn't like doing it. So that's kind of where I found my niche. But, um, you know, it's it was 
fine uh, for the most part. It, it was just hard, like, when you had the same teachers and they expected things from you that you couldn't really do. It's like, I just don't, it's not my personality to strive to be, like, the best at whatever I'm doing. Yeah. I just, like, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, then that's you find, right. Like, you, I mean, yeah. like, I'm being acceptable at it. I think that's fine. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel, I feel like if you're enjoying what you're doing, I don't know if you need to be the best at what you're doing, but I mean, yeah. that I think that's one competitive person or non-competitive person talking to another non-competitive person. <laughs> we're, I, both, we're both the, the youngest child. I yeah. think that's pretty much what. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> looking to be the best at anything. Pretty just, good and enjoy around. myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're making a living i mean <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah well you touched on this a little and this is kind of one of the other things that i for sure know about you um in the you mentioned video games and i'm wondering how early you got into what the mainstream would now call nerd culture <laughs> mm. i, I how, don't even how deep you dove down that hole <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. well i don't even know that answer i mean i grew up like watching stuff with my dad a lot so like my love of film came naturally like my mom was big into like classic film and dramas and and uh you know the more serious side of not to say like she only watches like french <laughs> cinema or something like she she's very like broad in what she likes for media but she kind of like didn't really delve too much into the nerd culture or whatever um my dad and I would sit down and we'd watch like Batman and Star Wars and um, a, a bunch of stuff like that. And like he would take us to the comic book shop. There was one where, um, when we lived in Grand Rapids that we'd like walk to and like we'd buy like comics together. And there was all this stuff that like I did with my dad that kind of cemented it at a very young age. And then I just remember... And I don't know why it all kind of clicked with me so much, but I just remember like whenever I would want to like go and play with my friends in elementary school, it was always like, let's go play Sonic and like, not like video game Sonic, like let's go outside oh. and pretend to be Sonic, <laughs> <laughs> like roll down the hill. Yeah. It was very dangerous. I injured myself a lot. Um, but it was just always kind of something that I was interested in and that, yeah. and it kind of just like kept going and like, I guess like when I was in high school, it wasn't popular to be a nerd. Same. <laughs> so it's super weird when people are like, oh, yes, this stuff is so cool now. And I'm like, oh, how weird. Because like yeah. back in the day, it was not popular to be a nerd yeah. <laughs> at all. So you kind of like kept that stuff more under wraps. Oh, yeah. I'm still very now. weary about mentioning the fact that I play D&D. &D. <laughs> oh, it's so popular. No, Joe Maggianello plays D&D. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, it's so popular. There's a lot of hot actors that play D&D. &D. It's um, true. Like, all, if you think of, like, who's the hottest actor, he probably plays D&D. &D. It's true. Yeah, like there's, Henry, like, celebrity D&D &D games. I he plays D&D. &D. Yeah, I want to get in on that. Um, no, like, Matthew Lillard, like, started a whole D&D &D company. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I mean, we're talking about like the hottest actors and you bring up Matthew Lillard. You know I what? I feel like you've dated yourself. I'm sorry. If I can turn my camera slightly, there is an Italian Scream 2 poster right okay. next to me. Um, <laughs> anything Scream related. And I've like met Matthew Lillard, so I have a, That's special, cool. I have a special place in my heart for him. Um, and yeah, hot, hot actors might be a stretch, but actors <laughs> in general. A 
Um, I have a friend who has a thing for Matthew Lillard, so I, I yeah. That's funny. That's, I'll, well, tell yeah. her he is like genuinely one of the nicest people I think I've ever met. Oh, it's a guy, but I'll tell him. Tell that. him that then. Mm-hmm. Tell it's very tell very them that I'm trying to be as PC as I possible. Shall. That's true. Um, I, he he does designate as a man, so yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for clearing yeah. that up. We, I feel like I'm about to take a bases. hard left turn and offend a bunch of people. Um, I don't think so. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> hey, you'd be surprised where I can go so quickly. Um, <laughs> so, well, I, th- I mean, if I can theorize, I would imagine that the your love of all that stuff, as you mentioned, like stuff you did with your dad, that probably formed that bond with it. Like it's part of that bond. So I, I could see why you would have like a love of that. I'm wondering... So um, my parents divorced when I was like four. My dad moved to Florida. So I don't always understand or necessarily relate to people that have both parents in the house growing up. Um, Broad statement. But what I've noticed in talking to people is uh, I don't want to use the term favorite because that's that's not true. Parents love all both their kids equally. But there always seems to be like one kid will gravitate to one parent and one kid will gravitate to the other for a lot of things. Did you feel like you and your dad had like a special relationship that like him and your sister and you and your mom, like where everything was, you guys had a special relationship in that way. Nothing against I your mean, mom. Or no, no. I, I don't know that I would necessarily say that. I think there were just some things that like I did more with my dad than with my mom. But I think just, I mean, my, my dad was a pastor, so he spent a lot of time, uh, being basically a parent to a lot of other people. So, and that's nothing against him. Like what he did was very important and, um, you know, really, I mean, he helps a lot of people and that's great. Um, but it also meant that there was less time where he was more focused on us as a family. And so my mom ended up doing a lot of the, you know, driving to sporting events and, um, all of my sister's band stuff. And, um, you know, we, we ended up having a a different kind of relationship just with my mom, who was uh, basically just everywhere for us all the time, even though like my mom worked really hard. Like my mom was in finance. She's got a very difficult job that she spends a lot of time doing. And, um, so it was nice to, to have kind of that kind of parent and, you know, then you go to your dad for the things that are just a little bit different. Like if you have very serious problems, I guess, but I don't know that I had a favorite parent. I think, yeah, I just I, talked like I said, I, I wouldn't use the word favorite, yeah. but. <laughs> especially because my mom will probably listen to this and I don't want to get in trouble. Well, I'm curious now that you mentioned that too. Um, what was it like I, with your dad being a pastor and your mom being in finance and you guys being two kids, like, did it end up being like socioeconomically, like kind of a middle class household? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we were, we were, I mean, I, I don't, very young, we were not very well off, but it was more of just like a, my dad was still in school and wasn't really making a lot of money. And yeah. then, you know, there's only so many jobs a mom can have when she also has to watch two kids and, and, you know, so we grew up on uh, food stamps when we were really young, but then by the time my dad got out of college and, um, got like his, uh, masters and everything and got like a job, (laughs) you know, I think we were fine. Um, after that we, you know, I don't remember ever being poor. Like I know we were, but I don't remember it. I think as a kid, you kind of only remember the good stuff anyway. Like, walk out like all you can remember is like watching sesame street and 
Well, this is like projecting microwave cheese sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, uh, this I always project my own shit on people, but <laughs> I imagine your parents did a good job of shielding you guys from that when it was bad too. Yeah. So. I mean, my I feel like we were really shielded just in general. Like I feel like we had like <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, you know what I was like when I started working at Best Buy, like very naive, I think is probably the better way to put that. Like I knew what was going on, but I also had no idea what was going on. Um, and I, I don't mind that so much. Like I got to learn a lot of that stuff on my own, which is probably better. And, um, you know, I, I by the we all had the internet so we could all find out what we wanted at that point anyway. But yeah. like, you know, the, you know, my parents did a, a good job of keeping us away from things that would really mess us up. So I'm, did, I'm happy to yeah. have grown up the way I grew up. Did you go to public school or private school? Public school, which um, I'm also thankful for public school. <laughs> well, cause uh, I'm wondering how you avoided some stuff as far as being, mm. as you mentioned, you, you describe yourself as naive. Um, like some stuff seems unavoidable, like especially in high school. Um, so what was, what was your school life like middle school, high school? Yeah. I mean, I just had a, a set group of friends. We were pretty non-problematic friends. Like Playing Sonic our, on the Hill. And... <laughs> yeah. Playing Sonic on the Hill. Um, yeah. I mean, my, my friends in high school, like we would have parties on the weekend, but our parties were like, we're going to have a Tim Burton movie marathon. And we like would decorate the house and we'd make Tim Burton themed food. And we had all the friends over and we had a sleepover and it was a boy girl, but like we were just watching Tim Burton movies. Like that's, I think the weirdest, the weirdest thing we did was we went into the woods and set off fireworks. <laughs> like we were, we were like, the non-problematic friend group that most high schools like don't like when you see high school in like the media, everyone's like going crazy all the yeah. time. And I feel like there's a lot of non-problematic friends just like hanging out in the corner. Um, so we were like one of those. And I, I think that that was fine. Like, I think, you know, you, you miss out on some of that like party scene or whatever, but like, I don't really feel like I missed out on it. Like I yeah. had my friends and we, we had a good time being lame and, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I fully support that. I, uh, I was making star Wars esque movies with a couple friends where we would like tape computer pieces to our buddy's arm and he would be like an Android and shit. Um, so it's, I think that's great. Yeah. I, I, I can relate. Awesome. <laughs> um, what what is our age difference? How far apart are we? I'm gonna be I mean, thirty eight. I'm thirty one. Okay, I'm yeah. thirty one. So like yeah, six seven years. Um, yeah, okay, a little bit. So it's a lot less now than when we were working together at Best Buy. Yeah, isn't that funny how that works? Even though it's the same, it's a lot different. Now. My wife and I were just talking about that because it, it it's such a weird, creepy thing that like. It's fine and kind of weird when you're thinking about it, but then if you like take relationships and stuff of people and then you move them backwards, you're like, oh, wait a minute. That means. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's like when I was graduated, I was, she was still in like middle school. Oh, that is kind of weird. Yeah. But then like when you get like further down the line, oh, yeah. like once you're past like 25, I feel like everything's just numbers. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Once your brain fully develops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> At 25. Yeah. That's the. That's the golden number right there. Um, <laughs> when you can rent a car. Yeah. That's, when you're that's frontal why lobe. you can only rent a car yeah. at 25 because that's when your brain is fully Yeah, we need that decision making to be sharp, <laughs> sharp as attack. Um, 
so you said you you uh, school was fine. You did fine in school, like academically. College, I'm guessing, was right on the radar afterwards. Um, yeah. Did you go to yeah, OU? Pretty much. I did. Oakland yeah. University. I, yeah, I thought you were local. Um, and then that's what you were doing when we met, right? Because mm-hmm. you were going to OU and working at Best Buy. So you you mentioned this kind of in passing, and I have a billion questions, and feel free to not go into this at all if you don't want to. Um, but so your your dad's a pastor. I knew you mm-hmm. like one of the other like snippets that I know about you, uh, at least at that point, is you were very religious, or religion yeah. at least like played a big role in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that like growing up? Especially like it's one thing to have like, Oh, our parents, like they take us to church every weekend and everything, but to have yeah. a parent that is like literally leading the church, what, mm-hmm. I mean, what is that environment? Like how did religion play a role in your childhood and as an adult? And I, I mean, that's a fair question. I think that I didn't really think about it much until I was a lot older. Um, because you know, most of the friends you make are from church and most of the activities you do are at church. And so like, you're kind of very like surrounded by the environment and there's really nothing wrong with that. Like they do provide a lot of good things to a lot of people. And, you know, it was also a safe place to grow up and learn and make friends. So it's all good. Um, And then as you grow older and you're introduced to more things outside of that circle, you start realizing that there is more out there and that growing up with one mindset probably isn't the healthiest thing, but it's trying to figure out like, how do you introduce a young child to something outside of what they spend most of their time doing? Um, It's, it's definitely, it was definitely difficult to kind of, get into like high school age where you are being introduced to a lot of new concepts and learning about a lot of new people. And I got into a lot of arguments with a lot of people that I didn't agree with about things. And like now I'm like, wow, I really regret like how stubborn I was back then about things. But then I never like, I was still friends with those people. Like I could walk away from the argument and be like, I still love you. Like you're still my friend. And we would just kind of like, agree to disagree and be fine. Like, I don't know. I feel like culture is a lot different now and that wouldn't really fly. But um, yeah, back then, like, at least I would listen to other people's beliefs. But I think um, definitely the more you kind of learn and are introduced to stuff outside of, of how you grew up, the more you kind of learn how to be more empathetic to other ways of life. And I, I, I would say my, my beliefs are the same. I just kind of view the necessity of organized religion a lot differently than I did back in the day. And I have nothing against it. My dad is still a pastor. Um, And I, I think that the way that he, does things is how it should be. He's very focused uh, on, um, you know, doing things the right way and and making sure everything is coming from a place of love and um, also making sure that the church is focused on what it should be focused on, which is helping those in need and giving back and not not pushing people away, but opening arms and love. And I think that's great. But I think that just the majority of, 
organized religion doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. And I'm, I, I want to make clear too, like I'm, I'm always just like genuinely curious. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm never, I always feel like some people are like, uh oh, is he trying to like trap me into something? No, I, I, oh. I never assume anyone is trying to, you know, find a way to like really like say I gotcha or something. Yeah, like yeah. I just, I would prefer to believe that people are good at heart and have good natures and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm still probably the same level of belief as I've always been. I just think that my belief is more personal than yeah. anything else. Like, you know, I feel I'm not like it gonna... should be right. Like yeah. your one oh, belief yeah. system should be pro- like the most personal thing that you have. <laughs> yeah. 100%. And, and, you know, if someone asks me about it, I'll be open, but I'm not going to walk around and, be like hello <laughs> yeah. have you heard about our lord and savior jesus no i'm, I'm not really <laughs> gonna do that yeah it's just kind of weird <laughs> ma'am i'm just trying to give you your taco bell <laughs> I don't, yes, why you tr- stop trying to tell me this? yeah um i'm curious though uh based on something you just said and as a parent now you, you, like because you mentioned when with you know when you're a kid what can you what can, you can't really explain things in a huge way that's going to like blow the kid's mind because they're not going to fully comprehend that. They don't have like theology for five-year-olds. Um, <laughs> you never know. Yeah, they, you know, they <laughs> a might. A lot of I, weird concepts kids' <laughs> books are teaching nowadays. Uh, so where, I mean, thankfully, you you said, how old is your? Uh, two and a two, half. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not something you'll have to deal with anytime super soon. <laughs> Probably not. And kids, kids pick up on a lot and it's, it, a lot of what they pick up on is experiential and the way that you react to certain things. Yeah. So it's, it's more just at, at, especially at this age, just making sure that she's, you know, seeing a lot of different types of things and yeah. experiencing, you know, the way that different people live and, that's how they learn. They learn through like going out and, and seeing, which is hard at this exact point in time. Um, but you know, explain, like sometimes we'll go to the store and, and she'll ask like if someone's wearing, you know, like traditional clothes or something for their culture, she'll ask like, Oh, what's that? And I'm like, well, that's a person. She's wearing a lovely hat, you know, like, you know, just explaining things the way a two year old would understand. She's wearing a nice hat. Oh yes. It's a great hat. (laughs) Yes. Um, but it's just normalizing different cultures, normalizing different viewpoints. And I think like, that's really all you can do. Like, it's really hard to like explain to a two year old, like yeah. the difference yeah. between anything, but I is think it something you think about think though? We're doing okay. I don't know. <laughs> like when she's, is it something you think about for when she's older or is it something you're like, yeah. it's just going to come naturally as it comes or. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's probably certain ages where you really need to start explaining things like, um, especially, I mean, we're in a very diverse area, but I think that there's certain things that you really do need to, explain sooner especially in this kind of culture where we have so many just hateful things happen so often and you know the kid watches the news for one second and they have a million questions yeah. and then i watch the news for one second and i have a million questions <laughs> that's, so. that's pretty accurate me, me also. <laughs> but then, then you know you're forced to explain not only what was on the news but the background of yeah. 
you know, a hundred years of racial history yeah. of the United States. Like yeah. it's way better to like ease them into it <laughs> and like help them understand like what has happened in our history. There's actually a ton of like young kids books nowadays about like important historical figures. And, yeah. um, you know, you can get like Susan B. Anthony books and, you know, Rosa Parks books. And it's, it's really kind of great how inclusive they've made, like young children education. Cause I don't remember having a ton of that. Like, I guess I had American girl dolls, which kind of did that if you read the books, but no one did. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, you can get as young as like a newborn book about, you know, racial diversity. And I think that's awesome. Like it really helps take a lot of work from the parents to do that introduction when you can just be like, go get that book. We will read it together. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Um, Going back to kind of college years, cause, again, I want to mention that cause I don't want to be the one calling you naive. So I want to say you called yourself well, naive. But what? I, yeah, I was. <laughs> so what changes that? Where I mean, I think when you left Best Buy, like when we when I stopped knowing you, um, essentially, mm -hmm. you <laughs> sure. you'd met John at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. And had you graduated college? Um, not by the time I left Best Buy. I still had like another three years. Oh, I think. wow. Okay. So what? I, I did a long, long regular education I'm track. I'm familiar. Five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was not supposed to be five years. I'm going but back to school ended right up now. Being five years. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to think about that. That's a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting my master's in counseling, so I, I oh, said, as long as I'm practicing, by the time I'm 43, I'll be happy. Yeah, I think that's a good goal. It's never too that's late, kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but so, what changes for you? The where do, I mean, where do you where do you flip a switch as far as life experience, where you feel like, oh, I'm I can look back and be like, I was living in a bubble or whatever that looks like. In right. Your yeah, I mean, I I think college definitely helped in that, and I. Th I think for the most part, a lot of it had to do with just the fact that I was a history major and then I did poli sci and international relations double minors. Are so picking all the sensitive topics to major in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the really easy things that had nothing problematic to look into. Um, yeah, no, I, I did all the hard things. And um, when you kind of are faced with so much, it's really hard to stay in one mindset and you start opening yourself up to more things. I remember one of the first international relations courses I took was on the Middle East and we did three weeks basically learning about the history of Islam and like the main like foundations of it and the belief structures. And you really learn a lot about the culture and the people who do believe in that and where they're coming from and, and everything that is involved there. And it really opens your mind to, you know, especially at that time where people of that background were still facing a lot of um, oppression. Not that they aren't still, but I think that things have changed a little bit, at least in terms of, of that, at least where I live. Um, you know, the, you start learning more about how they're living here and, and what they're facing and um, just the danger that they do face 
just believing what they believe and how people view that. And so it, it really opens your mind up. And I, I think that that certainly helped me. And I, I don't know if I particularly picked difficult history courses, but I feel like a lot of the ones that I picked challenged a lot of what I kind of grew up believing. Yeah. And I think that's what a good class should do. It should challenge you to grow yourself. I don't think education should ever just be, well, I am going to learn how to add two and two, and that will be an A plus and let's move on. Like if your courses aren't challenging you to grow as a person, I just don't know that that's what I want out of an education. I don't know if I want to get student loan debt and if I'm not being (laughs) challenged as a person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a analytical or I'm not a like structured thinker, I guess. Like some people that's what they want. They want the, you know, everything kind of has rules and boundaries. And I feel like I want to learn more about like the overall ideals and stuff. What, uh, did you, so you have a bachelor's or you have a master's? Just a bachelor's. I got a job basically right out of college. Doing what? Um, so I started an internship at, uh, Volkswagen credit, uh, I knew basically I knew someone who got me That's a how job most on jobs her department. Work, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but we were we were a training department, so I worked on training people on um, basically finance like finance law, um, credit law. Basically, was all I I was like, okay, if you're going to offer credit, you have to do this, and you have to file these kinds of forms, and you can't tell them this, and they have to sign this kind of paperwork. Like that was basically. The training yeah. did, and check here for fine. account shield and sign yes. below yes that's i went that's from, from selling <laughs> best buy stuff to basically doing the same but for for cars that's, that's great um <laughs> and did that take you to where you're at now yeah actually um so i went from there um i worked there until after i graduated and then i got a job working at jd power so i was um Basically, I went from auto to working um, like auto data analytics. They're the people that Um, award things. Yes, those are my (laughs) studies. Those are my studies. It's a great job, and I like the I like the studies I work on. They're very important. I mean, I I would argue they're some of the more important that our company handles because we do more than just cars. Um, Because I also work on utility work um, as well, which is pretty recent. Um, but I, I just do data analysis. I, I look at everything and I kind of paint a picture of what the data shows and we sell that to the clients. So it's taking what I learned in history <laughs> and just applying it to a new subject matter. What so it's a, kind of fun. You're in Illinois, right? Mm-hmm. What part of Illinois are you in? Uh, Metro Chicago. Okay. So you're, I'm always very worried about any exact locations because I'm not always kosher on twitter oh yeah no no i'm not trying to like so i don't want to get i'm just um, personally mm -hmm. curious um so i imagine living in the chicago area here has been like an incredibly eye-opening experience culturally than coming from like oakland county michigan (laughs) yeah there's a little (laughs) bit different demographic you know i find it really interesting too because where we live it's more suburban so you'd think it would be a fairly similar demographic from Oakland County, but it's very, um, I would say it's like, I don't want to say 50%, but I feel like it's like 50% Asian. And it's a, it's a very, like, it's a very wide blend. Like there's 
you know, a Korean family that lives like a couple houses down and then Japanese families who live over like the next street. Yeah, and it's really um, a diverse area though. And yeah. Indians. And like, I mean, we have like so many different cultures that live in this area. It's, it's great because there's also a lot of really good food. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> yeah, there is. yeah. There's a lot of really good Asian food around us, yeah. like really like culturally accurate Asian food. That's and I do not regret it moving out. <laughs> no. And that, I mean, I was just talking about this with somebody. Um, there's, you know, there's so many people who grew up right where we grew up and don't ever leave that area. And then, you know, they'll get in like arguments online about stuff that like, <laughs> like yeah, at like, risk of being blunt, like know. they don't know anything about. Um, right. And I like, and I'm not an expert either. Uh, my stint, like in LA, was two years, so that's not yeah. that's not like dramatically long. But I, I don't really know if I would say LA is like really the haven of diversity either. Oh, it is like, if you're poor. <laughs> well, sure, yeah, if it is if you're poor. If you're one of like the people who like lives on a beach house, yeah, no. you know, they they all kind of have the same vibe. Yeah, no. They, that, they that, really that was not you. my experience. <laughs> yeah, if you're living like if you're living like I was living on corn, two for yeah, a dollar corn dogs and that's uh, um that's a that's a much different experience. Yeah. Very very good though. Uh well <laughs> good and bad. But which um, corn the, the corn dogs were really good? The corn or? dogs were really good. Um but the the life experience was good. Sure, uh, yeah. And the stories are good. Would I do it again? Maybe not. It's super yeah. self-destructive. <laughs> but so where was I at? I don't know because I branched off. Tangents. Um, yeah, tangents. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some podcast questions. Sure. Um, thinking over the last year life, essentially, uh, what, are, what are a couple of the biggest things, good or bad, that, that shaped you into who you are? Uh, I mean, I would say definitely my education did. Um, I think just how I viewed education and the experience, I think really played a part in, um, making me what I am right now. Uh, definitely like getting married and having a kid, obviously those are obvious answers. Um, <laughs> like, yes, those do shape who you are quite a bit. Um, it'll do it learning how to live with someone else is a, is a big thing. You know, it's not easy all the time, but you know, you learn and grow together and then you add a small being into that. And it also is not easy. And you also have to learn and grow and change who you are. And, um, it, it definitely helps to put things into perspective when everyone like everyone else is complaining about big giant things and you're just like i can't get my child to poop on a potty so i don't know what you guys are complaining about like i mean like we have different we have way different views of what's important in this world right now you know that's fine um and then i think getting involved in just uh, you know putting myself out there more i i do podcasts with friends and stuff um and you know just having a voice and learning how to kind of put it out there. Cause before I never really thought I wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, I certainly never really wanted to put my opinions out there. Just how I grew up, like the things I liked weren't ever popular. So why would I think that people would be interested in what I was saying? So I think having friends and, and getting the opportunity 
to talk about that, you know, talk about pop culture or talk about music that you grew up loving uh, or, you know, movies or reviews or whatever. Like it's just really great to kind of have that opportunity to put yourself out there and actually have people who want to listen to what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I do this. Yeah. Yeah. I would would assume so. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's great. Um, Did you live with John before you guys got married? No. Okay. I have more questions. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I imagine like, did the, were the religious beliefs, what played a role in you? Like, not moving in until oh, marriage. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what yeah, is what is that transition like? Because I I've had I've lived I've always lived with my girlfriends. <laughs> like I married Erica like eight years into it. So I'm I'm just wondering what it's like to have the shock of knowing people's live in quirks after you're already like we're fucking committed. <laughs> yeah. No, it is it is a weird transition because you learn a lot more about that person than you knew before. Um, the fact that he pees with the seat down 100% of the time. What? You know what? There are arguments to be had. No, there argue- are not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a battle that I'm willing to fight. Okay. It is not a, it is not a battle that I'm willing to fight. It's basically one of those things. Like you can pick your arguments. You can pick what you want to be mad about, but yeah. as long as he's not peeing on the seat, I don't really care. Like if he does, then he can clean the seat. And that's pretty much where we've left that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, you learn lots of things. He's like sitting right there judging me. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna pee on the seat. He's gonna go pee on the seat like a little like a little dog. Um, yeah, you just you learn you you learn a lot about people that you know. I think there's a there's certainly a reason why a lot of religious people don't stay together forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> But at the same time, like we knew each other very well. Like we, we talked about a lot of things before we moved in. Uh, you know, there's things that we weren't prepared for. Like I leave my socks all over the place and he hates that because he's super OCD, which neither of us knew because when he lived at his parents, his room was atrocious. He left like bowls and cups and stuff all over the place because his mom would clean up after him. But then when he lived on his own, he became super OCD. So like, yeah, you learn a lot of new things. And uh, it, it was definitely, uh, yeah, the first couple months were not easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I, I was curious about that. I, that's a, that was almost like a test ground with people that I dated. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, I it would be that. a scary thing to jump into that. Like if, if, if you're like, you know, if your cutoff point was leaving your dirty socks all over the place, then it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I just, my feet get warm and then I just take them off and then I forget about them. I'm weird about socks. It's the thing. Fair. No, I'm, I don't care if you leave socks around. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> like weird. It's like I, habit. I prefer to wear socks. Some people find that weird. Okay. Like, Erica right. thinks it's weird that I lo- like would prefer to be in socks than barefoot. Sure. Um, and then she'll like put on a pair of socks that she's already had on. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like, I, I mean, I don't do want that. to No, Erica, it's not your, it's not weird. It's not weird. I would probably do that if they were the only socks available. But like, 
Putting on a pair of clean socks is very rewarding. I'm talking to my people right now. Putting them all over the place. <laughs> Amen. But like, I mean, I like wearing socks, but then if my feet get warm, then I just don't want them on anymore. I'm, I'm going to have like to take a poll. I'm curious about people's thoughts on socks. People's thoughts on socks. Yeah. That's your new podcast. That's your new podcast. on socks. <laughs> Following shirts on the Justin Lamb <laughs> Podcast Network. Fox on socks. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. I would, I would listen to that, too. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a second question here, but I want to jump back because that just reminded me of something I was curious about. Is it, and I could be just like judging from stereotypes and way off base, but isn't it weird that your dad had so many secular interests as a pastor? Like when you think about, because you, you mentioned all the stuff, comics and Star Wars and stuff, like oh, yeah. I feel like that's slightly yeah. abnormal. You know, I don't, I don't know what it's really as, I think people kind of view pastors as having like, you know, that they're kind of like sticks in the mud and the majority of pastors I know, and maybe that's just because I know the ones that my dad knows are, you know, they're pretty down to earth, you know, like my dad knows how to make a killer old fashioned, um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, like they have the most stock alcohol, like liquor cabinet I have ever seen, you know, (laughs) they're like drinking all the time, but like, they're super down to earth. They're super normal people. Um, I don't know that it would really be weird that he liked all that stuff. I think that there were certain things that, um, you know, when the Harry Potter thing was big, when people were like, it's Satan burned the books, like he got pressured into basically like not letting us read the books anymore and i would just like hide under the covers in my room and read them anyway yeah um and uh like hide the books i'd go on vacation and i'd hide them in my suitcase because i was super rebellious put a playboy cover over it it's not harry potter it's playboy dad (laughs) yes yes you'll never get wise um and then one day i remember when the first movie came out on home release he was just like why don't we rent that Harry Potter movie? And I looked at him and I was just like, are you kidding me? And so then I just like went to my room and I like pulled out all my books and I was like, fine, I can put them out in the open now. I guess it's a thing. So yeah, I think he he realized how stupid it was to limit (laughs) what you're reading. And, and, you know, he's, he always like, I mean, we watch a ton of stuff now and I actually tell them like, they'll be like, what should you be watching? And I would, I'll just like send them a list. Like all these movies, they're all on streaming. Just start watching them. And they're like, not all of them are ones that you want to watch with your parents, but I'm fairly comfortable saying you should watch this just in general. Yeah. Mom and dad, you got to watch 50 shades of gray, the whole series. <laughs> no, no. Maybe if you're drunk, like super drunk, that's kind of the only way to watch it. Um, I watched hereditary with them. Oh man. Oh boy. Was that fun? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, I mean, I just like, yeah, just slapped me in the face with the religious aspect of that too. Uh, I was just thinking of it in general, but, um, oh, I just, I just was laughing cause I knew what was coming up. So there was the, the, the one scene I won't spoil hereditary. It's very great. It's a, <laughs> one of my favorite movies that the year it came out. Um, there's the one scene with the car, and if you know what it is, then you know what it is. And I didn't watch the movie. I just watched them, and and then my dad just goes, I did not see that coming, and I just very, like, flatline reply, neither did she. Oh! <laughs> one of my favorite jokes of all time, and it was wasted. 
<laughs> Wasted. That's really funny. Last serious question. Okay. If you could apologize to anyone living or dead, who would it be and why? Oh, oh goodness. Oh goodness. These are like the kind of questions that you need to prep prep beforehand. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like I would want to apologize for like anyone that I like ever talked to in a way that was unloving, you know, like back when I had a smaller worldview. Cause I feel like that was, you know, you, you kind of know what you know. And I'm sure like back then they were like the same way because you haven't branched, like your parents are still your main guide on yeah. what is out there in the world. Um, and so, you know, I think that they're, you know, pretty much everyone's kind of in the same wheelhouse at that point, you know, you know what your parents know and how they guide you. Um, but I, I, I think that that would probably be where I was at. Like, I don't, think I make a ton of mistakes in, in my life but I think that just you know how I talked to people uh, and interacted with them about, on certain topics yeah. I would be how I would I decided at a young age I will only apologize 30 times in my life <laughs> yes I have reached I have reached that limit so I will never apologize again Aha! Um, <laughs> the stuff you're working on mm -hmm. what uh what is it your your podcast your your For podcast your, stuff so well, anything. yes yeah so um i do we do movie watch alongs so they're like commentaries but it's just people hanging out watching movies together yeah um we do those twice a week we do a, a show called suddenly soundtracks that i'm on pretty frequently where we rate um movie soundtracks like musicals uh it has a very weird scale my friend Chris runs it, and he is the most interesting human being but, I have ever met. So you only rate soundtracks of musicals? Uh, yeah, it, it has to be like songs that were made for, for the, the for the movie. And there's very few. I was gonna say, is there a lot of musicals? musicals. <laughs> it's there's very few that aren't musicals. Okay, so it's a lot of musicals. If you don't like musicals, you won't like this show. I just didn't know there were so many musicals out there. Oh, I mean, are. on film, ton, yeah. well, do you guys, I mean, I mean, is it a deep we dive? They like did you go Hamilton, pretty, uh, well, yeah. but we, we don't do a ton of like Broadway stuff, even though we have a, a Broadway producer that's part of our channel. We don't really do a lot of Broadway stuff. Um, I think we will eventually, but there's a lot of movies to cover. <laughs> a lot more than people think. Um, and then we just do like general like pop culture shows where we talk about upcoming things and reviews and then we do the show that i love the most and it's called box box and it's we open boxes but it's a very like satirical view on the whole like youtube landscape of people like opening stuff Unbox. and so we, <laughs> yeah so it's it's kind of like adult swim meets like standard youtube fair <laughs> um and this last episode we opened uh like a relaxation kit or something and we were all supposed to be wearing robes and i didn't have a robe so i showed up in like a squirtle onesie and then i proceeded to drink an entire bottle of wine um during the filming and um that, it gets that'll subscribe a bunch of people that yeah. yeah 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 so that's it's it's such a it's a weird show but i it's so much fun and like we have like a storyline going now and it's, it's super weird, but it, I mean, we, we basically made it so we could do a riff on very standard 
stupid things that people do on YouTube. I watch a lot of unboxing things on YouTube. I'm not going to like lie and say they're all dumb, but like the whole trend of unboxing videos is so weird to me. And so, yeah, so we started doing that, but the channel is called um, the PJ Campbell network. Uh, The person who started it, his name is PJ Campbell. So that's how the name of the network. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's just a bunch of friends. We just kind of do what we like to do. Um, Outside of that, um, I'm, kind of still doing stuff for an online movie trivia league called the Schmodown. Um, it's fairly popular. Uh, <laughs> I do some social media stuff for them. Like I'm a mod on their Facebook page and stuff, but I'm not as invested as I used to be just timing. I don't have the time to, yeah. I, used to do, I used to run one of their after shows. Uh, it was not an official after show. Um, it's so funny that you, while, while like, I feel like the majority of the world is, has a lot of free time right now. You seem to have a lot less. Yeah. My life definitely changed. I used to have more free time and now I have less free time. So, uh, yeah, it's fine. Someone has to be busy. I think at this point in life. Well, is there, is there anything else you want to plug or talk about or did I skip anything? I don't think so. I don't know. (laughs) I I think the only thing I want to say is that once when we were working at Best Buy, you described me as Annie from Community. And at the time, I had not watched Community, but I I totally understand it now. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. I very much understand that now. (laughs) I'll tell you what. That would be the biggest compliment I think someone can get. (laughs) That's fair. I was like, okay. And then I think like you made me a CD once. I still listen to some of the stuff on it, actually. I'm so curious. What did I put on that CD? I had like Regina Spector and it. like some Ben Folds and, um, oh gosh, it was a bunch of stuff. I still listen to a lot of Regina Spector. She's great. This makes me so happy. Um, yeah, no, it, it's funny. I, I, always loved working with you because i don't know why i just had fun with you (laughs) and it's funny to hear that stuff because um yeah that makes sense yeah also yeah (laughs) it does does. i don't know where to go with that yeah that's fair a good segue yeah a good segue is an uncomfortable silence um I'm so I want to I want to know what's on that CD now. Um, I I might I don't know if I can find it. Like I'm pretty sure okay. it died. Pressure's and off. I, yeah, <laughs> but I do. I I remember like some of the bands that were on it, and I still will listen to some of that stuff. So that's fair. You did a good job. <laughs> you so were like, funny. you need to listen to different music, and I was like, fine. <laughs> that was pretty yeah. much what it was. Like your music isn't good enough, Kristen. You should listen to something else. I'm like. Me. What were you listening to at the time? Was I a dirty asshole? You were, but it's fine. <laughs> I think I need I think I needed help. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this. Mm-hmm. It was super mm-hmm. fun seeing you and I'm I'm yeah. I like that you're doing a bunch of podcasts. I'm going to have to check out that stuff and your YouTube yeah. channel and all that good stuff. And then I'll reach out to you and be like, why didn't we talk about any of this? I don't, it's not my fault. You know, honestly, I'm, I'm, I have a lot going on. We could talk about any number of things. An hour is barely any time. It's true. Um, and I feel like I, I go, I'll go off on more tangents. Um, the more stuff that you bring up that I'm interested in. And that's, that's, uh, that's what kills all the time. But yeah, I think we went on like a 20 minute, like horror movie tangent. So 
I'll cut it, it. I'll been, cut it down it to five. Like a, <laughs> it could have been a two-hour tangent. Yeah. Honestly. Well, uh, if you ever want to chat. Yeah. Not podcast or podcast. Yeah, whatever. I'm a whore if for that If you need shit. a guest on shirts or whatever, yeah. it's, yeah. If you need a guest that's not one of your friends on your normal podcast, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I don't run any of them. Yeah. So. Either do I. Yeah. So we have that in common. Um, That's fair. <laughs> all right. Kristen. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. And I'm so excited I got to talk to you because mm-hmm. I haven't in so long. And I can finally admit. I'm... Nothing. Uh, I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there was, was no big say. reveal. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Thanks. For, right. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. It was fun. Okay. All right, you just listened to my interview with Kristen, um, which <laughs> it's so funny at the end there. She brings up the CD I made her. How many CDs have I made for people? Are you listening to this? And you're like, yeah, you made me a CD too. Um, let me know. I'm curious to know, A, what is on those CDs? And B, who you are that I made you a CD for? I have zero recollection of doing that for her. And, uh, and uh, knowing my stylings of, of stubborn music taste and and possibly pressuring people to listen to what I want. I'm sure I've done that many times. And uh, if you want to reach out and say hello, it's justinsfriendrequest at gmail.com. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-S-F-R-I-E-N-T-R-E-Q-U-E-S-T at gmail.com. That was probably more confusing than me just saying it. And follow us online at Instagram and Facebook at friendrequestpod. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, anything at all, please do not hesitate to reach out. And if you're already opening the Apple iTunes or Apple Podcast app, please give us a rating. Every little five-star rating helps get us a little higher on those ranks in the Apple world. All right, guys, it's great talking to you, and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Love you.